Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. It's Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk on a Friday night. Brendan King in for the coach, Bob Lovell. Thank you all for tuning in right now. Five good minutes with the star of the show. That's Sam Fritz. This Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update is brought to you by Hills of Brown Vacation Rentals. Get away to beautiful Brown County with a cabin stay at browncountylawcabins.com. Over 100 secluded cabins, many with hot tubs and game rooms. Browncountylawcabins.com. Thank you, BK. Good to be here yet again. All right, so as I said in my last update, the Pacers and Oklahoma City Thunder wrapped up not too long ago. It was the Indiana Pacers with the win. 121 to 117 standout players being TJ McConnell just short of a triple double 21 points nine rebounds eight assists Jalen Smith got a double double for himself starting at center today he recorded 15 rebounds and 12 points replacing Miles Turner who according to head coach Rick Carlisle the Pacers might be out for the rest of the season also getting some time in at center was Isaiah Jackson who of course every time he touches the court he manages to throw it down. Here's him with a slam dunk in the first quarter. Now Brissett, final minute of the opening quarter. Very good find. Really good ball movement. And the bases want to get some ball moving. After that, you also had Buddy Heald with 13 points on limited minutes. And O'Shea Brissett, as you heard, he fed the ball to Jackson in that clip. Seven points for him, six rebounds, two assists for him on the night. Pacers will be in action on April 2nd against the Cleveland Cavaliers in an away game. Moving on to minor league baseball, the Indianapolis Indians have just wrapped up and what started looking like a dominant win finished as a loss as the Indians fall to the Storm Chasers 8-6, losing that game in the ninth inning, allowing the Storm Chasers to score four runs. Other Indianapolis team in action, the Indy Fuel of the ECHL, they defeated the Wheeling Nailers tonight. 3-1 in their game. The Fort Wayne Comets, also of the ECHL, were in action. And they fought hard, but they ended up falling to the Kalamazoo Wings 4-3 in their game. Keeping it on hockey, there was some limited action in the NHL tonight. Buffalo Sabres beat the New York Rangers in overtime 3-2. The Detroit Red Wings are currently trailing to the Winnipeg Jets 5-0 in the third period. And getting underway in just a couple minutes here, you'll have the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks, as well as the Dallas Stars and the Arizona Coyotes at 10.30. NCAA Women's Basketball, the first game has been decided. Third-ranked LSU beats number one-ranked Virginia Tech, 79-72. And the second game of the Final Four is in action right now as Iowa currently leads over South Carolina, 18-11 with two minutes remaining in the first quarter. The NCAA men's teams are going to be in action tomorrow for their Final Four. Florida Atlantic is going to take on San Diego State. Here's Florida Atlantic head coach Dusty May on what it's like being a Cinderella team. I love to see it just because 
it's an opportunity for those outside of the national spotlight to uh, to be on the big stage and, and show what they can do. The Loyola team resonates the most uh, because our personal relationships with some people in the administration, and we also we played that team when I was an assistant at Florida. And we were really, really good, and they came in to Gainesville and beat us. So I think it's great for the game uh, to have new faces, new people uh, on the scene. I think, I think it's really cool. Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, again, one half of the Final Four matchups tipping off at 6.09 tomorrow. The other half is going to be Miami against University of Connecticut. University of Connecticut center Donovan Klingen on when he knew they could be a Final Four team. In the beginning of the year when we were on a 14-0 run, uh, winning a lot of games, playing at our best, um, I thought we had a chance to make a deep run. You know, we obviously went through a tough stretch, but I feel like that made us stronger and made us better. That game tipping off at 8.49 tomorrow, deciding who will be taking themselves to the men's national championship game. In Major League Baseball, earlier today, the Miami Marlins defeated the New York Mets 2-1. Chicago White Sox had the lead. They're still holding on by a string, 3-2. The Astros now getting two runs on them in the seventh. Colorado Rockies are up at the end of the first over the San Diego Padres 2-0. And first pitch not yet underway, but will be soon for the Cleveland Guardians against the Seattle Mariners. And the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers, both of those games getting started in about six minutes. I'll see you guys again in 15. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk on a Friday. Brendan King and for the coach, Bob Lovell. Coach will be back soon, holding the fort down until then with Sam Fritz and Jonathan Smith. For now, we just got the angle of the Yukon Huskies from Matt Schumacher. Great play-by-play voice from Fox Sports and the Big East. Now it's time to get the other angle of that ball game, as you just heard from Sam Fritz, the Miami Hurricanes, and no better person to give us that story than Taylor Tannebaum. You know that name from WTHR <laughs> the past. She has been on this show multiple times with us. I always appreciate the time from Taylor. And, of course, TT now with the ACC Network as well as ESPN. Hello from Indy, Miss Tannebaum. It's great to talk to you. Brandon, you know I'm always excited to join you and to be on the airwaves in Indianapolis. I miss you guys a ton. Of course, we do have some Indianapolis ties in this Final Four, which I make sure that I push every chance I get on ACC Network. How could I not? Absolutely love it. Hey, first of all, you are in H-Town. What's the vibe like in Houston for Final Four weekend? Well, first of all, my first gut instinct is that that stadium is gigantic. And sometimes <laughs> you forget. I know, I know we were really lucky a couple of years ago in Indy to host the bubble. So I remember what that was like. It was just different without having fans and all the bands and everything. So walking in today for all the open sessions, it's a pretty darn big building, 72,000 people. Um, the vibes are good. You see fans really from everywhere. And it's kind of funny because a couple of hours away you have the women's final floor, but here it's a mishmash of, of people who maybe didn't expect to necessarily be in Houston. But it's cool to see, you know, random Miami fans and UConn fans and, and San Diego State making the trip to California to come to Texas. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good turnout tomorrow, and, and some people are really enjoying the fact that three of the four teams are here for the first time. Uh, there's something to be said about that in the parody in college basketball. Yeah, that's the difference for sure from the bubble a couple of years ago because they like cut Lucas Oil Stadium in half, and, <laughs> right. and it wasn't like the full football stadium environment. But we did I, get we did get Miley Cyrus though at halftime is, on the other side. You know what? I forgot awesome. about that. I forgot about yeah. that. What a legendary <laughs> night! But. I, I heard Jim Laranega, Miami's head coach, talk about 
that it could be threatening at times to play basketball in a football stadium. And one of the last times we saw a basketball game in Houston, it was Butler and UConn in that national championship game, and nobody made a shot in that game. So uh, how much of a concern is that heading into, I guess, both ball games, but especially for Miami? I think the good news is it's the same concern for everybody, right? Because this is new territory for majority. Obviously, UConn is going for their fifth national championship since 99, but playing in an arena like this, a stadium like this, is new territory for everybody. That's what the open practice is all about today. And we talked to Coach Jim Laranega today on ACC PM about it and really just what he wanted his guys to go out there and just soak in the moment and to really gauge the floor and the depth perception and taking some shots while also taking it seriously and realizing this is a floor you're going to play on, but also relishing at the, at the fact that you've got this far. So while I'm sure it's a concern for every team, just because like you just mentioned, we saw what happened last time here in Houston, a team shooting like under 20%, a Butler, I think shot under 20%. Um, It's a problem for every team, but Hey, the, the good news for Miami is they have shooters one through five, right? They have guys who can score. So including Nigel Pack, Lawrence Central grad. So um, I think if one's off, uh, they're in good hands knowing that there's a couple of other guys who can shoot rock. Taylor, what's been the most impressive part of Miami's run in this tournament, you think? Um, I would say their most impressive run is the fact that for them, of all the four teams here, their opponent's seed total is the lowest of anyone. It's 19. So they've had to run through some really tough competition. Obviously, Indiana, for everyone there, knows with Trace Jackson Davis inside as an All-American. Um, and then a top seed in Houston. And, and Texas, as a two-seed, who I thought was really capable of winning a national championship, and they were down 13 in that game and really didn't ever look rattled. So I just think their journey has, certainly of all the teams here, has been the toughest based on seeding. And they're really poised. And then what you've seen this season is a group of some veterans who've been there and like Jordan Miller and Isaiah Wong and, and the transfers who came in, like a Nigel Packett and Norshad O'Meara, and really unselfish basketball. It doesn't have to be one guy every night, even though they do have the ACC Player of the Year in Isaiah Wong. Uh, we've seen Jordan Miller have a perfect game. We saw Nigel Pack go off for 27, 7 for 10 from three. So the beautiful thing about Miami and what's been impressive is is they have a Taylor Tannenbaum, our guest from ACC Network and ESPN. I know you have to get to dinner, but what's the coolest part of the (laughs) ESPN big campus? What's been like the most eye-opening thing about being there? So I have come to Bristol a couple of times because for everyone in I'm now based in Charlotte. Right. So I'm kind of annexed from everybody, but I have gone to Bristol. I know a lot of people in the outside world have heard about the cast, the cafeteria. It's as good as advertised. The prices are really cheap, too, which wow. is awesome. It's a really big bang for your buck. But just the fact that you walk in and, and the pictures you see on the walls, right? And, and, and a lot of people know about the tunnel. You can walk through and play your school's fight song. Um, it's just cool. And then you turn a corner and you see some people who are like legends at ESPN and it's just like a normal day at work, you know? So I, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. It's a far cry from covering Colts training camp in August when we thought back then Matt Ryan was going to be um, the big change in Indianapolis. Um, here we are eight months later. Love <laughs> it. Completely different world. Love it. Taylor Tanavon, formerly of WTHR, now with the ACC Network. Taylor, appreciate the time. Have a lot of fun.
This Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update is brought to you by Hills of Brown Vacation Rentals. Check out great weekday specials on secluded stays in the woods of Brown County. Over 100 secluded cabins. BrownCountyLawCabins.com BrownCountyLawCabins.com all right, by now you've heard the news. The Indiana Pacers defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder 121-117 to just a few minutes ago. Let's break down the Indianapolis Indians and their home opener, how that panned out. The Indians ended up falling in this one 8-6. They lost the game pretty much in the ninth inning as they gave up four runs to the Omaha Storm Chasers. They managed. To, the Indians managed to get three and two-thirds innings out of starting pitcher Luis Ortiz. Strong start with four strikeouts, three walks, and only conceding one hit. When it comes to batting, Nick Gonzalez had a pretty impressive night tonight. Two hits on five at-bats. The home run came after him. Andy Rodriguez had one home run at, and one hit on the night, managing to score two runs. And the real standout bat tonight for the Indians was Mark Mathias as he had Four plate appearances, getting a hit in three of them. Indians and the Storm Chasers will play again tomorrow in the the second of what is a seven-game series. After that, more Indy games being played. The Indy Fuel and the Wheeling Nailers. Indy Fuel winning 3-1. Fort Wayne Comets fell to the Kalamazoo Wings 3-4 in a close game there and again with the NCAA women's tournament basketball women's basketball tournament going on right now life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Iowa leads over South Carolina 29-23. Six minutes remain in the second quarter. Welcome back to Indiana Sports Talk, everybody. I'm Brendan King in for the coach Bob Lovell on a Friday. Let's talk some Major League Baseball, in particular the Chicago Cubs with one of the recurring guests of this program in the summer. It is Patrick Mooney, senior writer for the Athletic Chicago, covering the Chicago Cubs after their 4 nothing opening day win yesterday at Wrigley Field over the Milwaukee Brewers. Off day today, then the Cubs pick it back up tomorrow against the Brew Crew. Pat, it was great seeing you, first of all, in Arizona. I know most people only have to change their wardrobe for the weather once a year, but you go from Arizona to Chicago again in a cold opening day. I'm sure you had to pull out the warm stuff yesterday. I did. I needed one of your uh, South Bend championship rings to keep warm. <laughs> that thing was just enormous. I was still still shaking my head at that one. 
Congratulations. They did an unreal job with it, man. And that's all credit to <laughs> Andrew Berlin, Joe Hart, and the crew. But, hey, yesterday, 4 nothing. this Cubs team, super enticing with what they did in the offseason, clearly. But it just seems like everything went right yesterday, and it all started with Marcus Stroman, no? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if this team is going to stay relevant, it is through a, a credible starting rotation that – uh, really should have a, a viable guy beginning every single game from here until the end of September. I think you saw down in Mesa some improved you know, pitching depth in the upper levels of the farm system. You have Kyle Hendricks uh, hopefully on the horizon sometime in May. Uh, Hayden Wisniewski was kind of the breakout guy uh, of spring training uh, you know, you know Justin Steele, James Tyon has an excellent uh, reputation, and Drew Smiley's been doing it a long time. So if if Stroman has you know, one of his career years, he sets a great tone at the top of the rotation. And you know, I really do think that's what this team uh, is built on. And you saw some other elements yesterday too like a kind of a blueprint for how this team could succeed this year. It's Patrick Mooney with us, senior writer from the Athletic Chicago, covering the Chicago Cubs. Patrick, all the moves that were made by Jed Hoyer and his team this offseason, you tweeted yesterday about Dansby Swanson in the locker room saying that go Cubs go when you play for the actual team is a lot more fun. And Tucker Barnhart told me the same thing at Cubs convention. It was a little funny. But <laughs> the, the angle of this team – right like Dansby Swanson he was on another NL powerhouse Tucker Barnhart played in the NL Central for years Cody Bellinger had these battles with the Cubs in the playoffs Jamison Tyone was a pirate at one point so some of these guys I'm sure loathe the idea at times of Wrigley Field with their old organizations but it's interesting to see them now on the other side of it and enjoying it yeah I think Tyone's an interesting one because he remembers Jake Arrieta like at the apex of his powers and like kind of seeing uh, just the vibe and the environment uh, at Wrigley field. And that was a really appealing possibility for, you know, a guy at that point who was just at the start of his career, uh, kind of on a pirates team that was, uh, I can't remember the exact year, but they were obviously coming down from what was a really nice run there with those McCutcheon led teams. So I think everyone knows what Wrigley is like when the Cubs are rolling. I felt like yesterday was not quite that day. The crowd was good. The you know the friendly confines are always just a great place to to be and watch a game. But in terms of like that like I don't know deafening roar or kind of like uh, you know forty thousand strong. Like it wasn't quite that. But I think we all know uh, if the Cubs get off to a good start, uh, what what it would be like in the summer. Patrick, I've asked you this question before, and you brought up David Ross a few moments ago. I, I think most have seen that video clip where he's in the Cubs complex and going over all the accomplishments and awards and yeah. things that the players in the past have done, but then said, it's about the future now. None of that matters. You covered him as a player. You've now covered him as a manager now for a number of years. How has he continued to grow in the role he is in right now over the last, let's call it, three years or so? It's funny. I, I saw that clip too, and I rewatched it again today. I'm writing about it for tomorrow. I asked Ross about it yesterday because I felt like the first part of it was 
uh, almost a reminder to maybe even some of the people in that room of you know how accomplished uh, those players are. And I think when you stack it up the way he did in terms of Gold Gloves, World Series champions, uh, All Star selections, like it is an upgrade from last year or kind of where they were after that trade deadline in, in 2021. And that, that matters that like experience, that muscle memory, um, that familiarity with high pressure situations, like that's meaningful. Um, but at the same time, yeah, Ross is right in that um, it's what they do from here uh, moving forward. And I think guys like, Tyone, Trey Mancini, Danzy Swanson um, have really excellent reputations as guys uh, who can impact a clubhouse, who are the same guys every day, who have established routines, uh, who represent the team well on and off the field. Like, I think the accumulation of that stuff uh, is important, and ultimately that falls uh, on Ross. I think at some point, there is going to be that demand for more wins and there's going to be more scrutiny on his in-game decisions. But uh, I have been impressed with the way he's grown uh, as a manager, the way he's dealt with a lot of difficult situations and the way he's um, doesn't just lean on his playing experience that he is described by colleagues as someone who's very open to information, who wants to collaborate, who doesn't act like, the smartest guy in the room. Patrick Mooney, our guest from the Athletic Chicago, senior writer covering the Chicago Cubs. About 90 seconds here, Patrick. We sat at a spring training game together as the Cubs played the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. and I want to ask about Nico Horner because to start mm-hmm. the bottom of the first inning of that game against Madison Bumgarner, I think he had an 11-pitch at-bat, and it finished off with a base hit. And <laughs> we looked at each other like, yeah. man. This guy look, is looking pretty locked in. Uh, so yeah. how locked in is he right now heading into the season? Well, I think that's the thing about Nico Horner is that he doesn't, like, turn it on and off. I think he is an extremely thoughtful, serious, driven person uh, who has spent uh, his entire life working towards this point and is now rewarded with some long-term financial security and I think because of his personality, he comes across as uh, a lot older than he actually is. Uh, it's funny. I don't know. I mean, how many games did he play at South Bend? Like 20, 50? Uh, like he just kind yeah. of sped through the minors, right? Yeah. He, play, he uh, literally played five games with us. That was it. That, okay, okay. I know it was, it was not a lot at any stop. No. I think he might have totally bypassed AAA yes. Iowa. But, uh, yeah, just someone who – you want to build your team around not just for his skills, which, you know, he's not a superstar. Uh, he's not getting paid like a 10-time all-star or a franchise player, but like someone you want in your clubhouse every day, someone who has taken over Anthony Rizzo's literal locker uh, in the clubhouse, someone who understands the finer points within the game, uh, someone who plays elite defense at multiple positions, who could grow into the leadoff hitter that you haven't had since Dexter Fowler. Like, put all that together, uh, just a super valuable player to have uh, in your clubhouse and in your lineup. Patrick Mooney.
time with us here on IST covering the Chicago Cubs. Patrick, always appreciate the time. Enjoy the start of the year, my man. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Patrick Mooney, senior writer for the Athletic Chicago. Him and I actually have a pretty cool story. I got a tour of Wrigley Field when I was a teenager. I was 15 years old. I got a tour of Wrigley. I got to go up in the broadcast booth. It was at the time when the Cubs were on Comcast Sportsnet in Chicago, was on the field, met Patrick Mooney just in passing, and then we end up meeting each other again at spring training. I was like, hey, I met you literally 10 years ago, and I was a teenager. You were very kind to me, and now he's a good friend of mine. He is the absolute man, and we appreciate the time very much. Coming up next, we'll break down a Pacers win here on IST. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update is brought to you by Hills of Brown Vacation Rentals. Get away to beautiful Brown County with a cabin stay at browncountylawcabins.com. Over 100 secluded cabins, many with hot tubs and game rooms. Browncountylawcabins.com. Let's give a look around the league in Major League Baseball. Earlier today, the Miami Marlins defeating the New York Mets 2-1. Chicago White Sox and Houston Astros still in action. The Strohs, though, have taken the lead as we're in the top of the eighth, and the White Sox now trail 5-3. Elsewhere around Major League Baseball, you have the Colorado Rockies and the San Diego Padres. They just reached the top of the fourth. Rockies still holding on to a 2-0 lead in that one. The Seattle Mariners and the Cleveland Guardians haven't even left the first yet, but the Mariners are on the board as they are currently lead 1-0. Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers are playing. They just wrapped up the first inning. Nothing going there. Much more baseball action happening tomorrow. The Sox and the Astros will play again early in the day, 2.10 p.m., first pitch there. St. Louis Cardinals will be in action against the Toronto Blue Jays at 2.15. Chicago Cubs will be in action against the Milwaukee Brewers at 2.20. And the Cincinnati Reds and Pittsburgh Pirates take to the field yet again as the Reds dropped their home opener to the Pirates just uh, last night. They will go on the field at 4.10. Keeping an eye on the NCAA Women's Championship match, South Carolina has clawed back into this. They trail now only by one, 38-37 with 33 seconds remaining in the second quarter. More on that in the next 15 minutes for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Sam Fritz. Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk on a Friday evening. I'm Brendan King with you. 
in for the coach, Bob Lovell. Coach will be back very soon, but until then, glad to have one last weekend here in Indy before baseball season kicks off in South Bend. But baseball season in Indianapolis is now alive and well, kicking off tonight from Victory Field and looking like they avoided some weather that's passing through the state. The Indianapolis Indians get a ball game in but drop the game on opening day, a final of 8-6 to six against the Omaha Storm Chasers and the Hall of Fame play-by-play voice of the Indians, Howard Kelman. Joins us now. You will hear plenty from Howard here this spring and summer on IST with Coach and many other hosts that come in this summer. Howard, appreciate the time as always. It's great to catch up with you, and it looks like it was a pretty crazy opening day with how it started and then how it ended. Well, you're exactly right, Brendan. Uh, the Indianapolis Indians scored five runs in the bottom half of the first inning, and they were hitting line drive after line drive. And two of the three outs they made in that first inning were on balls drilled to the right fielder. I mean, Indy Rodriguez had a two-run homer. They had six hits, and they're ahead 5 nothing. And then at the end of six innings, they're ahead 5-1. to one. So it still looks pretty good at that stage. And Omaha comes back, makes it 5-4. to four. The Indians did get an insurance run in the bottom of the eighth for a 6-4 to four lead. You still felt pretty good. Your closer, Yuri De Los Santos, who had to come on in the eighth inning to close it out because of trouble. Well, he was in there in the ninth, but there were some balls that weren't hit that hard that fell. But in any event... The bases were loaded, there was nobody out, and a double play ball was hit to the shortstop, and he bobbled it. Uh, Owens, Chris Owens, the shortstop, bobbled the double play ball, and that was huge. Another couple of hits, and Omaha Omaha scored four runs in that ninth inning and won the game eight to six. Hmm. So you can look at it a few different ways. The Indians did not add on, really, after that first inning. But you score five in the first and are ahead 5-1 at the end of six, it should be good enough. It should, but that's baseball sometimes. Howard, what stands out most about this opening day roster for the Indians and who's packing it? Oh, I think there are a lot of good players. Andy Rodriguez with the two-run homer in the first is the number one prospect in the Pirates system, and he's a switch-hitting catcher. He had the breakthrough season a year ago, and so that was absolutely terrific. And you have other players like Nick Gonzalez, the second baseman. He can really hit number one pick a few years ago. I think Travis Swaggerty also was a number one pick several years ago. May come into his own. Uh, He had a great spring training and got off to a good start tonight, igniting the five-run rally with a line drive base hit. So up and down that lineup, it looks pretty good. Uh, you got some prospects in the starting rotation. Luis Ortiz, who started tonight. Quinn Priester, another prospect. Mike Burris, who played in the Futures game, another mm-hmm. pitcher who's a prospect. So I think, at least on paper, and they don't play the games on papers, you know, but on paper it looks good. <laughs> uh, Howard, I want to ask you about a guy, too, that has been now with the Indians for a couple years, and Tucapita Marcano. He came over from the Padres in the Adam Frazier deal a couple years ago. He was playing in an Indians uniform when I was glad to join you in the booth uh, in 2021. And the thing is, Marcano, he's still only 23 years old. I just looked him up. So how has he continued to grow? Because, again, when he got to Pittsburgh, or at least the organization, he was only 21. Right, and he played third base tonight. You don't think of him. He's not a big guy as your prototypical third baseman. 
but he had played third base tonight. He didn't have many chances over there. But uh, I think he can be a big league player. I don't think he's necessarily going to be an impact major league player. But as you said, and you're right, Brendan, he's young. Guys make improvements. And I think he can be a serviceable major league player. Howard, what's coming up next in this series against Omaha? Well, we'll have two more day games. We usually play Saturday evenings, but what with the Final Four going on tomorrow night and other things happening and uh, early in the year. And by the way, Brendan, this is the first time we ever opened in March, March 31st <laughs> tonight. We have a day game tomorrow at 135 and a day game Sunday at 135, Monday a day off, and the Indians travel to Louisville Tuesday. Howard Kelman, he is the play-by-play Hall of Fame voice of the Indianapolis Indians, taking some time on IST. Howard, always appreciate the call. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Brendan, I look forward to that. I thank you very much, and I wish you the best of luck in South Bend this year, too. Thanks a lot, Howard. We'll see you. Thank you, Brendan. Andrew Smith, he is the play-by-play voice of the Indy Fuel as we hit the ice. It is a massive win for the Fuel this evening, 3-1. Over the Wheeling Nallers from the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Andrew, thanks for the call. How are you, my friend? Always good, Brendan. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you. Tell me about this one. It was a game where the Fuel did what they needed to do against a Wheeling team that is working a lot of rookies into their lineup, a lot of guys that were playing college hockey a month ago. And Indy needed to get off to a good start. It's something the Fuel have struggled with here of late. They'd given up the first goal in 18 of the previous 25 games. Got off to a really good start tonight. Alex Weidman, veteran coming back to Indy after playing three years in Europe, scored his 20th goal of the year and broke a franchise record with a 65th point five minutes into the game. And then Chad Yetman um, helped set up Luke Brown for a goal. Chad Yetman now with uh, 56 points on the year. He's got 25 goals. Luke Brown had a goal and an assist tonight. They led it 2 to nothing, eight and a half minutes into the game. And then Cam Gray, rookie goaltender, didn't play a lot the first half of the season. Now earned his second straight start, won his third straight game today. He made 34 saves, or excuse me, he made 23 saves on 24 shots tonight as, uh, as the fuel went at 3-1. to one. He was really, really good early, had to make some big saves early in tonight's game. And then later on, late in the second period, Matush Spodniak, five nights ago, was playing for Adrian College in the Division Three National Championship game, <laughs> D3 Player of the Year. Of course, his first goal in his pro debut, which is uh, a tremendous thing for him. He looked very, very good tonight. The Fuel adding a little bit of depth here before the playoffs as well and some talent. Um, and so Indy wins tonight. Three to one, they tie a franchise record with 82 points tonight on the season, and they still got seven games left. It looks like they're pretty well locked into third place in the Central Division, and looking forward to fine-tuning things for the playoffs that begin in three weeks against either Toledo or Cincinnati. You know, Cam Gray is a name I didn't think I would hear again. I do play-by-play for Aurora University Division Three hockey, and Cam Gray was playing for Adrian as well, um, and I, he was a terrific goalie. Uh, he actually went 23-0 and his last year in college and now getting an opportunity in the ECHL. That's awesome. But that leads me to my next question, Andrew, with about 90 seconds to go here. But w- what has really defined this fuel team through the year? Hard nose, they quick. What's the system like this year? They're very fast, and they want to get the puck going up the ice. Their defensemen move the puck very, very well, and they've just added a player from Bowling Green named Zach Vanell, who's an excellent puck mover. Captain Keone Teixeira, same thing. 
they get it going up the ice, and they're very, very deep at the forward group. They've got guys with 20-goal potential on all three lines, and right now they've got a number of key players up in the American Hockey League in Rockford as well. But recently added a player, the Blackhawks uh, made a trade for uh, for Max Golod. He's been a point-of-game player. He had an assist tonight, and he's an exciting player that can make things happen when you don't think anything's happening, and he's going to get a scoring chance out of it. And that's typified this team where they brought new guys in. They have uh, they've been able to contribute, and this is a fast team that plays an exciting brand of hockey. They get the puck up and down the ice quite a bit and try to use their speed to, to wear teams down. Andrew, before we go, I read, I believe, in the news the story about the new arena in Fishers. Is that official and good to go? It is official. We broke ground on it last week. It'll be right off of the 116th Street exit uh, off of I-69 and Fishers. and going to be a state-of-the-art building. We're really looking forward to opening up our new era in 2024-25 in Fishers uh, as the second decade of the Indy Fuel begins. Man, that brings a smile to my face, not just because I got to intern with the club for two years, but just all the great people in the organization, including yourself, my man. That is very exciting, and I'm, and I'm happy for you, and I appreciate the time very much on the show tonight, Andrew. Well, thanks for having me, Brendan. Always great talking with you. You as well, brother. Take care. Andrew Smith, the play-by-play voice of the Indy Fuel, after a 3-1 to Fuel win this evening. After the break, Pat Boylan breaking down an Indiana Pacers W tonight over OKC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Sports Talk Scoreboard Update is brought to you by Hills O'Brown Vacation Rentals. Check out great weekday specials on secluded stays in the woods of Brown County. Over 100 secluded cabins. BrownCountyLogCabins.com BrownCountyLogCabins.com Very quickly, before we get into some sports updates, I feel it necessary to say a severe thunderstorm warning has been Put into effect until 11.15 for some Indiana counties, including Tippecanoe, Clinton, Howard, Boone, Hamilton, Tipton, and Montgomery. So once again, if you're out there and driving, get home safe, everyone. Now, back to sports. We've got college baseball in action today as well. Some Indiana scores from there. Purdue University defeated Northwestern University 8-4 in their game. Notre Dame fell to the 13th-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels in 10 innings, the Tar Heels winning 10-8. And then IU was scheduled to play against Penn State, but that game has been postponed, and it will now become a doubleheader tomorrow for the Hoosiers as they take on the Nittany Lions in back-to-back 
games. If you follow XFL action at all, the Seattle Sea Dragons defeated the Arlington Renegades tonight, 24-15, advancing their record to 5-2 on the season. Hockey still underway in the NHL. Again, the Buffalo Sabres defeated the New York Rangers earlier today in overtime, 3-2. The Jets have just beaten the Detroit Red Wings, 6-2. The Calgary Flames are trailing the Vancouver Canucks, 1-0. And the Stars are over the Coyotes, 1-0 in their game, both in the first period. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. Win tonight from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. The Indiana Pacers defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder 121-117. That's a big win for the young guys in that starting five. Smith, Wara, Neesmith, Nemhard, and Matherin with no Miles Turner, no Tyrese Halliburton. Daniel Tice did not play. Buddy Heald only played 24 minutes. So the Pacers get win number 34 from Gamebridge. And here to break it down from Bally Sports Indiana as well, the Indiana Pacers Radio Network. It's Pat Boylan, a familiar voice on this show. Pat, great to have you. And look, that's a massive win when you take into account the guys on the floor to start the game. They pulled through and held on. Hey, Brandon, good to be here with you as always. Appreciate the time. No, it certainly was. If you look at where the Pacers have been here over the last couple of weeks, this is a franchise that I think has pivoted in a way to looking at the bigger picture, which is development for the youth. You know, you're at a, you're at a point where you could still qualify for the play-in tournament, uh, but there are, for lack of a better phrase, I think some bigger fish to fry here. And one of those is to get the opportunity uh, for these young guys to uh, play in bigger moments, to be in bigger roles, to play in a little bit more spotlight that they normally don't get to be in. So without Tyrese Halliburton and without Miles Turner, uh, that's a great opportunity for numerous different players. T.J. McConnell was excellent in this one. A couple of veterans stepped up. But as you said, it, it was really the young guys who got it done. Benedict Matherin had a nice night and probably had the biggest defensive possession of the game. Jalen Smith had a double-double. Jordan Wara played well. Uh, Andrew Nemhard continues to play well. Nemhard's a guy who's been getting starters minutes all year long, uh, but getting the opportunity to kind of be that lead point guard, which he has at times with Tyrese Halliburton out, uh, but more good reps for him, and he continues to play well. He hit a couple big shots down the stretch. So it's obviously been, from a win and loss standpoint, a, la- a more difficult last week or so as the Pacers have transitioned to this. But there is a bigger picture in mind, the experience here, more important to Rick Carlisle, and I think it's terrific when – Uh, that experience and playing well can get rewarded uh, with a win like it was here tonight. Pat Boylan's with us from Bally Sports Indiana and the Indiana Pacers Radio Network. Yeah, Pat, when you talk about what the Pacers have done, especially over the last week or so, and then you compare it to the Thunder, you know, Oklahoma City, they're trying to hang on to that play-in section of the West with the Dallas Mavericks kind of right on their tail. But they have the young guys, and they're gunning for it. Well, the Pacers had the young guys, and they're just trying for the experience. So, in reality, for OKC tonight, this was a game really they needed, and the Pacers were able to play spoiler. It absolutely was. They're trying to hold off the Dallas Mavericks, who the Pacers, by the way, saw on Monday just a few days ago. Uh, the Western Conference has as much parity as it has had maybe in the history of it being a conference. I mean, it is just so tight. The Thunder came into today just a game out of seventh, but also just a game ahead 
of 11th. And so a win tonight with a little luck around the NBA, and they could have found themselves in one of those premier play-in spots. The 7 or the 8 is highly advantageous compared to the 9 or the 10, uh, perhaps even knocking on the door of getting in without even needing the play-in tournament. On the other hand, you lose it, uh, and you're on the verge of falling out of the play-in tournament altogether. It's just really unique that we're this late into the year, and one game can really affect a team spot in the standing so significant. The Oklahoma City Thunder, I think there are a lot of comparisons to the Pacers. In fact, I was looking up an article, and Rick Carlisle's referenced this number before. 23-and-a-half was a number that some people gave, in fact, both of these teams at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. in terms of their win estimation, and both of these teams are going to beat it significantly here by double digits with young players. Uh, For them, it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander who stepped up to be one of the leading scorers in the NBA. For the Pacers, it's, of course, Tyrese Halliburton. But as we just talked about, the Pacers didn't have Halliburton in this one. The Thunder did have Gilgis-Alexander. So when you consider what's on the line, when you consider that they were pretty healthy, um, yeah, it, it makes the win even more significant. Oklahoma City has a ton to play for. And, look, they've got a tough schedule the rest of the way. The Thunder might look back at tonight and view this game as the one if they don't make the play-in tournament as you know, the game that kind of broke their season. Hmm. Pat Boyle and our guest from Bally Sports Indiana and the Pacers Radio Network. Pat, we need to have a quick timeout. Can you hang through and come back talk more Pacers? Absolutely. We'll come back with Pat Boylan next and break down the Pacers' 121-117 win over the Thunder right after this. They got a ask it. I did them all now. How about a casket? They should arrest you or whoever trusts you. Ain't going straight. Welcome back to Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King hanging with you till midnight. In for the coach, Bob Lovell, who will be back soon. We are rejoined by Pat Boylan from Bally Sports Indiana and the Indiana Pacers Radio Network. After the Surs take down the Oklahoma City Thunder 121-117. Pat, you brought up something before the break that I thought was important. The Pacers preseason win total, which nobody is going to care about probably three months from now. But it was 23-and-a-half, as you said, at least set by the Vegas lines. The Pacers have 34 wins. I think to the national media and to the average fan, they'll see the Pacers' record and say, well, the Pacers are 10 games under 500. This season cannot be considered a success. But locally here, and people that probably pay attention to the team, and not really taking into account that over-under win total, but just looking at what the Pacers are trying to do in the blueprint that they're on, do you think this season is going to be looked at as a success just based off of where you can see they're going or they are going and what steps are being made now? Well, I think the answer there, to me at least, is clearly yes. And, and look, it's, it's obviously not as black and white as do you make the playoffs or do you don't. But coming into the season, and this is just me personally speaking, but if you, if you said going into the season, what were the few things that I was looking for uh, the most for this team perhaps a couple individual keys, I would have said, well, the most important thing for the the future of the franchise is how does Tyrese Halliburton look? He's been a really intriguing player in his first couple years. Is he taking the next step to looking like an all-star? That box was clearly checked. He was an all-star. And when he was healthy, depending on the metric you look at, there are a few metrics out there that actually had him when he was healthy as a top 10 player in the NBA. He's second in the NBA in assists. His efficiency numbers are through the roof. The amount of 2010 guys in the history of the NBA is, is a lot less than you think to finish a season 
and he's going to get there. So that most important pillar there um, has succeeded with flying colors. Let's look at another one. Can Benedict Matherin be the type of player that can be impactful? It's, it's way too early to even know the answer to that question. But would he begin to look like, in his rookie year, would he look like the type of player that can be impactfully, positively as a starter um, on, on the future of the franchise? And I think he has absolutely shown that that's the case. Yes, he's probably had the second-best rookie season, which is a tremendous thing from your sixth overall pick. So individually, those two guys may be the most significant to the impact they could have on the franchise. Let's look at Miles Turner. He had had a couple of tough years had been, you know, a little bit miscast because of DeMontis Sabonis being here, and he dealt with a lot of injuries. Well, Turner easily had his best season as a pro. So when you look at all these individual boxes you were hoping to check, you absolutely, um, you know, passed with flying colors. And when you look at and look, every team dealt with injuries. The Pacers are not the only team to deal with injuries, so don't mistake me here. But when the Pacers had Tyrese Halliburton, and Miles right. Turner on the floor this year, they were a plus 500 team. And so that version shows you what you can be. Uh, the silver lining here is if they don't make the playoffs, they're going to have another high lottery mm-hmm. spot. They've got a swing at getting into the top four, uh, but they also should have another high draft pick. And I think it's safe to say they're probably a year ahead of where most people expected this team to be. I think many people thought the Pacers right now would be uh, hey, you Pat. know, where they were in two years. Pat, appreciate the time very much, man. Good win tonight. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Brennan, thank you. Pat Boyle and our guest on IST.